0: strength the Lord is my rock and my fortress my deliverer my God you're the king and my firm strength it's in you I place all my trust and I take my refuge in you you're my shield and the horn of my salvation you're my high tower I call on the Lord We call on you this morning, the one who is worthy to be praised. And so shall we be saved from all our enemies. The cords and bands of death have tried to surround us, and the streams of ungodliness, the torrents of ruin, has terrified us. The cords of Sheol, the place of the dead, surrounded us. And the snares of death, they confronted and came upon us. While I was in my distress, while I was in the middle of the pressure and the stress of the storm, and I felt closed in on every side, I called on the name of the Lord, and I cried out to the Lord, and He heard my voice, a voice He heard the voice that came out of the temple and he heard my cry as it came, comes up before him even right now even right now i know lord that you see us and i know lord that you hear us and i know that because you do that whatever i ask for will be done in your name I know that your very ears hear us in this pavilion now, and I know that the earth will quake and rock, and the foundations also of the mountains tremble and will be moved and were shaken. Because of your indignation and your anger, there went up smoke from his nostrils and lightning out of his mouth devoured, coals were kindled by it. Out the heavens and He came. Come down, come down, come down, Lord. Come down and hang out with us. I love you. You're our God.
1: World I will praise him. Is it the temple in Jerusalem is where we're supposed to be? But is it the mountain over here to get up close to thee? Where is the place that you dwell? We want to be right. Oh, there's coming a time, there's coming a time. It's not the temple and not the mountain God is spirit, not just the sensory that you see and feel and hear. And the time is coming when those who worship me worship in spirit and truth. so much bigger on the inside than on the outside the kingdom of God is within you the kingdom of God is within you those who love me and those who worship me worship in spirit and truth the kingdom of God is not just this and not that and not here and not there it's the kingdom of God is inside of you living well inside of you Oh, water pouring forth inside of you, inside of you. It's not the temple here. It's not the mountain there. It's not trying to get back the experience that was there and that was here. It's worshiping me in spirit and truth. in Spirit and truth, in spirit and truth, in spirit and truth. vai ser sacrifice, come and build, come and build, come and build, come and build, and we give you ourselves a living sacrifice, pleasing to you, O oh God of spirit and truth, and we give you ourselves a living sacrifice, burning stone.
0: talking up here, and, and maybe it's, i just going not say it out loud, because I was taking Psalms 18 when we began, and now the Lord's taking me into Psalms 3, and uh, Jeff had sent me some passages this morning, uh, we're trying to assess what the Holy Spirit is literally trying to uh, say to us and uh, our leadership team and see <clears throat> where this is supposed to go this morning. Uh, but we're I'm, I'm tracking a trend uh, or tracking a theme of the Lord, and I'm a little bit surprised about it because, um, well, the more I went on with the Lord, the less I have any attention towards my enemy. Like, he's like, oh, you're trying to pull something else on me, like, whatever, try whatever you got, because you're not going to win. Our eyes are fixed on the Lord. Uh, but apparently, <laughs> even unaware to myself, even though things are happening, uh, our families and things, the enemy's trying to work some kind of angle. And, um, and so I want to read out of Psalms 3 like I did with Psalms 18 and go ahead and, and call it for what it is. In Psalms 3, um, he says this, Lord, how numerous are my enemies. Uh, many attack me and, and many say about me, God will not deliver him. But you, Lord, are a shield that protects me. You're my glory. And you're the one who brings restoration. To the Lord I cried out, and He answered me from His holy hill. I rested and slept. I woke, for the Lord does protect me. I'm not afraid. That's how I feel. I said, "Why are you bring this text up? I don't feel any fear, like our enemy." But he says, "I'm not afraid of a multitude of people who attack me from all directions." But he does say this: Rise up, Lord. I'm not afraid, but rise up, Lord, and deliver me. My God, yes, you will strike all my enemies on the jaw. You will break the teeth of the wicked. Lord delivers and you show favor to your people hey this is an invitation for favor this morning must be uh, I'm not afraid Uh, I'm not scared I'm not afraid (laughs) yeah but hey once again Lord go ahead and strike our enemies and strike anything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God In this land and on this nation, go ahead and do it. Strike out and reach out and do your thing, Lord. Because we're not afraid. But wake up and let it happen. Go ahead and do it. Because we already have. And you've already secured victory. Like Brad says, there's no victory in his vocabulary. It's already done. Everything's done in you, Lord. But apparently, you want us to say what you say. So we say it. I'm not afraid of a multitude of enemies. Hey, I'm not. I'm not afraid if they attack me in every direction. Because I have you. But rise up, Lord. Rise up now and deliver me. Deliver me from any enemy that I don't even know. Break out in this nation and come forth, Lord, and may your name be praised and may glory come to you. Glory to the one, the majestic one, who rides in victory, who is the triumphant one.
1: our God, like a mighty fortress, is our God.
0: trumps the redemption of men as wonderful as redemption is for us his glory is See into infinity out of being an infinite into it being infinite a place of transfiguration. Christ in you, the hope of glory. No longer infants, but infinite. Oh, infinite one, oh, glory one, oh, glory one. Engage our form. and all
1: i and true Mm. Holy Father Holy Son and Holy Ghost Faithful Father Prince of Peace Comforter and O God You are worthy You are worthy There is none as high as you You are worthy You are worthy There is none as high as you Because you are wholly different Holy, holy, you are king, you are king, you are worthy,
2: you are worthy.
1: Your glory is higher, your ways are higher, your name is higher. Higher, you are worthy and holy and righteous, so righteous, faithful and true. You are the way, the truth, and the life. Oh, no one that can ever come outside of you.
0: of ages cleft for me let me hide myself in thee but the water and the blood from thy wounded side which flowed be of sin the double cure save from wrath and make us pure not the labors of my hands and fulfill thy law's demands. Could my zeal no respite know? Could my tears forever flow? All for sin could not atone. Thou must save and thou alone. Nothing in my hand I bring. Simply, simply to the cross I cling come to thee for dress helpless look to thee for grace foul I do the fountain fly watch me savior or I'll die and while I draw that fleeting breath and when my eyes shall close in death When I soar to worlds unknown, see thee on thy judgment throne, rock of ages, cleft for me. Let me hide myself in you, Lord. My goodness is my glory pass before us, Lord. Pass before us, Lord.
3: Thanksgiving is a distinctly American holiday and it came out of an understanding of tabernacles. And they would set a feast in the open air of the harvest. And it was a hard time because their harvest was sparse. But I feel like God wants to compound tabernacles for us understanding that what we've gone through on a calendar set in the scripture through Leviticus 23, that was a tabernacle where God himself came to dwell in their tents. But I feel there's a fuller dimension he's opening up for his people and that is that we are entering into the tabernacle of heaven where we come into the booths the Tabernacle of David, the open-air worship. and um, It's a double portion. And you know how when you go to somebody's house and they open the front door, they look different than when you knew them in the grocery store or at church. They're just at home. They're free. They don't have their coat on. They might be barefoot or slippers. God wants his people to have that kind of freedom in his home to be known. Because when the doors close, we're fully with God in the tabernacle. We call it a strong tower. We call it his name. So we are surrounded, we tabernacle. We have an open door. So I feel like God wants us to know the freedom of opening our doors. Opening the doors in the inner rooms. Opening the doors, the front doors going to repair broken doors. So I feel like God increasing tabernacles and dwelling with him. He wants the veil the uh, in heaven connecting directly with the on earth so it would not have any lumps. So like if you could imagine heaven dropping the finest silk veil over the earth would follow on it like dust you touch every that's how god wants us to present himself to tabernacle with him so all our places are known so we're coming into a, a season where we're transitioning from outside to inside and this has had a certain openness an open heaven that's full of glory we're coming into a place that even in Carol's history was, you've left your first love. And and this is always going to be the question and the challenge for us. Will you lose your first love? Will you lose yourself in worship? Will you understand you tabernacle of an open heaven? Let me clothe you with light and anoint you, flood you, saturate you with oil and set you on fire. The world. City on a hill. Yes, so we're tabernacling, God's compounding his presence in the earth. It's his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven.
0: I don't want to talk about you if you're not me. I don't want to talk about the word morning he woke me up kind of early and he um, um as it relates to um transfiguration and it's it's been it's been this uh this's been this way uh with the word this whole week of of um
1: Um yeah
0: Judah understands. Zach, Zach. (laughs) He's got it. He understands. (laughs) Thank you, Zach, Zach, Judah, Judah, block, block. (laughs) You got it. born again you were you you were planted with a um, imperishable seed That imperishable seed is indestructible You are indestructible You will I heard it as clear as day to my spirit. He says to me, he says, from infancy to the infinite. And I knew that we were a bunch of babies, (laughs) that we we were little children, that we were small, and that the, like the Holy Spirit had come and he was holding us all in his hand as uncreated God paraclete Holding us and and delivering us up to the Father. Like, and everything that we've been through, no matter how profound it is, it was like we were still like an infant child. And the Father, the grand. The Father received us as the little children that we are, and that we would know as he passes uh, his goodness before us. And, And he says to me up here, he said, I will make my goodness pass before you. I will make my goodness. It's like, almost like, all that he's been after was to get us back to a child or to understand our complete, utter, complete dependency like to the greatest extent possible. And that we would be willing to be like full grown, even my baby, eight years old, seven years old, eight years old next week, that he would see himself as a little child but he already is thinking all kinds of things. And he's eight. And I told him, I said, I'm calling you baby all your days. If you're 80, you'll still be baby. Because that's the quality of the kind of man you're, you will always be. Uh, my baby. Always, all your days, you will be baby. And he said, okay, Daddy. And that the Lord would have us not to try to secure something or make something or fix something or build something, or just that we would come to the end of everything. And we wouldn't wrestle with it anymore. We're just a bunch of babies. And uh, Sadie, she'll say to Leander, you don't know anything. You're just a baby. And he'd get so mad, and I said, why you get mad? Because that's the way it goes. We begin to try to know something, and we lose our infancy. And then it seemed like to me today that the one who is infinite connects to the infant. The infinite connects to the infant. And I saw that there was like, and Brad Ames has talked about it so many times of being the, the divine umbilical cord, and the connection of the majestic father, and it being like all knotted up, and it being opened up, and God's life flowing through to the baby. It seems to me to be that it's so crazy. Like that would not—I mean, I don't know how church planters would think about that, <laughs> or the great apostles of the age, or prophetic voices, or the fivefold ministry. But until we come as a little child, we will not access the kingdom of God. And today, I don't know how to explain it. I can't. I. I don't even know. I want to be it. Don't want to explain it. But the transfer of light, by transfigurate light, by this tabernacling with the Father, would so pervade our internal man. Like I was preaching last week, the photomorphogenesis, the photo, the image will morph from the beginning. From uncreated God's light shine through, because He found a baby, He found a tabernacle that He could actually dwell in, rest in, place His seed in, uh, and create and have a child. And we we must we must, as newborn babes, it says, receive the engrafted word. As a newborn child, receive the infiltration of the Holy Spirit, the Father's goodness as he passes before you. I I think that's why the Lord had Moses fast. This is what he got me into this morning. He fasted with no food and no drink for 40 days on the mountain. Elijah 40 days with no food or water. Why? I'm your life. (laughs) I am. I'm your life. I have food that you know not of, brothers. I partake of my father. I mean, who knew? Because all we've ever known coming out of mama's womb was that her nourishment fed us. Who knew that we were created to be nourished by uncreated light. You, there's a nourishment. There's a nourishment that is non-molecular food and water. That we actually are built for. We don't know this because if you've ever been deprived of food. Sometimes I wonder, I ask the Lord, why do you... Like, why is it carried on a string sometimes? Why is it like, I follow you, but I don't know where I'm going to get my next meal from. And in you, I, hung, I suffered you to hunger in the wilderness. So that you would know that man doesn't live, what? By, by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. John 6, uh, show us the works that we must do. He says, I am, what? The bread of life. What does he say at the woman at the well? I I, I will give you water. You know not of, I'll give you water that will will spring forth out of your very uh, belly. What was he talking about? Eat my flesh and drink my blood. Was he like a cannibal? No. What was he saying then? Why would God talk to us like that? Because he knows something. He knows, and I have a hard time communicating this, except that I, I know something this morning that I've never known before that and Steve I, I, and, and I've talked about this, that the glory of God, because we read it in Meredith Klein, he said, the glory of God trumps the redemption of men. And we know something that God's glory, we know something that it says that you'll neither need the sun nor the moon, but I am the light. We know something about him based in the text that it goes beyond our basic felt need of our own redemption for salvation and our basic felt needs within our own human body. We know something that the text is speaking of something that is greater than that. I've give you enough references that have come to me right now because I don't even know what I'm doing. (laughs) But he's. I have another reference point for my people. Another reference light point. Another reference food point. And we say, Lord, why, we we've been hungry, Lord. We've been we've needed these things. That, not like you think you do. And I'm wanting to uh, change your. I'm wanting to change your molecular structure. Back when we were at YMI, I remember one Sunday he, he said, Eat light. Remember that? I said, I, 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 I don't what, what do you How do you do that? <laughs> um, Passover. Especially among those we've tasted of Passover, we've tasted of Pentecost. Like Janie was saying, now comes the taste of tabernacles. I was surprised a couple weeks ago and a couple months ago. Pete Lineker's like, there's something going on with tabernacles. And he sends out George Warnock's work to our team, and it was just like, I'm scratching my head, I don't get this tabernacles. I don't understand, it's, it's sort of humorous, because the Lord, all these years, been, and if you've experienced this, if you've been displaced from your home, you know, I remember 18 years ago, leaving the house we had bought, and being in other people's homes since then, it's been very uncomfortable, to say the least, extremely uncomfortable, I know you know something of this, Cindy, right? I, I bet a lot of you do. Just the uncomfortability of not being able to settle in. And the Lord, you know, saying, I want a dwelling place so that I can have a place to rest. Anyways, I was like, what is Tabernacles? The Lord's like, oh, you know. You've been in Tabernacles for 18 years. I was like, I thought it was seven days. <laughs> lucky dogs <laughs> seven days instead of 18 years he's like no you would put more f- focus on the external than the eternal i'm going to come in tabernacle among men you know i'm going to come in and i'm going to have my full self be in my people all the way when we left the ymi that we did 70 weeks there and i can't go through all this because it's very complex actually as a little child but 70 weeks there are like the 70 weeks in daniel 9 and then we come out of there and we've today is the 39th week this morning the lord and this week he woke me up and he said Do you see you see what i'm doing i said no <laughs> I don't he says well this coming Sunday will be 40 weeks and he said how many days did Moses go up and I said 40 and he said how many days have y'all met and I said 40 days well today's 39 how many days have you met since post why am I 70 weeks I said 39 today This is this morning and been this week. I said, oh, 40 days and 40 nights. He's like, yeah, that's, you know that guy, Moses, up into the mount, 40 days and 40 nights. What? To receive the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments. He said, what happened when he came down the mountain? I said, he saw them making a golden calf, and the Lord had cut the, he had cut the commandments out himself, and Moses comes down the mountain, and they're all worshiping an idol. What do we know about this guy, what he's doing up there? He's been gone for all these days, Let's fashion. They, you know, you put a vacancy in leadership, and those people, they, Aaron's like, they, they wanted me to do it, you know. Fashion a golden calf after their, an image of the gods that they had come out of Egypt with. He comes down, Moses has a temper. And he takes those commandments that God had fashioned and slams them out on the ground. And Moses has to go back up again for another 40 days. Do you all know this? This time... Moses is going to have to chisel them out by hand. Uh, This morning, the Lord says, you see that? And I said, yeah, I see it. He said, well, there's two times up. And I said, what what is that? And he says, well, Moses, when I did it, he is receiving this Christology that you've been preaching, the 10 aspects. Today is the 10th. Of my, my of Christology, and I said, "Oh," and he said, "You see it?" And why he had to come back up and then chisel him out with his hand. And I said, "Oh, anthropology, right?" I said, "Oh, ten aspects, ten aspects." He said, "Why, why?" Said, I said, "Because you want to one yourself with man, right?" You want to tabernacle with man in the, the divine nature, the full Ten Commandments, the full Christology of Christ. He wanted to give it and install it in man. And so Moses had to receive it in two segments, two installments. I tell you, I've never seen anything like that before. I had no idea because years ago he had said, and we can look at it, Matthew chapter 17. Let's just look at it. Um, I need you to see this. Six days later. Where is this ministry headed in two weeks? Yes. The seventh day. Six days later. Now, hear me out. Moses is up in the mount. He's going to receive the Decalogue, go back down, cast it down. Christology. Go back up, get it again, do his own work on it. Anthropology. Ten aspects. Ten aspects. And we're going to see who's going to show up here at the Mount of Transfiguration. Another guy. I'm just going to reference this Old Testament. Elijah. You've heard me already say this. How many days is he in that cave? No food. No water. Let me tell you, you can't survive without water. You. I... I I've been on two 40-day fasts, one water, one milk. Before this ministry, MZHOP even began, I was asked to come up and be here with the Lord. And he put me on a fast. I almost, I thought I was, I got so emaciated I had to go on vitamin water at the very end of it. I thought I wasn't going to make it. My heart was beating in my chest so fast. I thought I'm not going to make it like a week out. And mom and my wife got really upset and said, you're going to die. So you need water. I can just tell you that if you've not ever done a 40-day fast. It's intense anyways, just with water. But these guys, no water, no, no food. And so they're, so they're subsisting off of God himself. They have to be. So Elijah is doing this in the cave. And Moses is doing this up in the mountain. And here we're going to look at Matthew 17, and you're going to see that both these guys are going to show up with Peter, James, and John uh, at the Transfiguration after six days in the seventh day. Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them privately up a high mountain. There's a question whether or not that's Tabor or Herman. Um, I don't really know. Um, but he's and then he's transfigured before uh, before them. His face shines like the sun. Now, when you go back, and I'm not doing this, but when you go back to Exodus 24, when the Lord introduced this to me, this was. Right after Kara and I left the Air Force, I didn't know my Bible at all. I didn't know there was the book of Obadiah. I didn't even know text like I know now from the Lord. But he tells me, the Holy Spirit tells me, go to Exodus 24, Matthew 17. And in Exodus 24, you'll see, and in Matthew 17, the same symbology. You'll see that after six days, in the seventh day, you'll see a cloud come down over the mountain. In both cases, they're on a mountain. There's a cloud. You're going to see lightning or bright light. You're going to see it in both cases when the men of God are caught up. And I remember the Holy Spirit telling me this. And I was, didn't, I mean, like I said, I didn't know my Bible at all. And I thought I knew the Lord. And I knew nothing about the Lord. I even told him, I know you. He's like, you don't know me. Yeah, I it's the funniest thing to say that, you know, I know you, know you don't. And, and he says to me, Moses and Elijah were there with me at the exact same time. Now, I don't know if you know, but Moses was before, uh, was like chronologically speaking, in time, he was before in time. And Elijah was too, right? You know this. But he said, no, they were there with me in the mountain at the same moment, at the same time. And this is what the Lord said to me almost 18 years ago. And he said, and so will you be. Because I'm going to have a transfigured people. I am going to union myself with man. And I remember in that day back then, I thought, uh, now for y'all, maybe this is okay for you. you. You, the remnant of God, could take this. But back then, I, it blew all my circuits. The idea that God was outside of space time with the guy who brought the law, the prophet, the main prophet, And that he's standing there at the same moment. And we, the end time church, will be there as well with them, with him. Before he returns. Because God will have a transfigured people or a metamorphosed, uh, morphosized, He'll have a metamorphosized people before he even comes back in the second coming. Because just as he is, so shall we be. And he was transfigured before them. And so will we (laughs) eat light. So shall we, the sons and daughters of the Lord. Uh, They said Moses comes down off the mountain. His face is shining so bright, scared everybody. Stay away from us, that guy's face is shining. Paul's going to talk about this quite a bit. He talks about this glory that's coming to the to the church. His face shines like the sun, his clothes became white as light. In Mark's gospel, in Mark chapter, is it 9 verse 3? Is that right, Stephen? Mark nine three it says, it says that no bleach. I didn't even know that word was in, in the Greek. But there's a word for bleach in the Greek. In Mark nine three it says no bleach could actually have made his raiment that white. They knew that he wasn't. His clothes were not bleached. Uh, Jesus literally was shining light out of his being, uh, bright as the sun, and uh, so. Peter says to Jesus, Lord, it's good for us to be here.
2: <laughs>
0: you think? <laughs> Lord, it's good for us to be here. Lord, it's good. This is good. Anytime the father comes and he says this, when, he, when he's going to reveal himself to Moses, he says... I'm going to let all my goodness pass before you. Or my goodness. I'm going to let my goodness pass before you. And I heard Neville uh, Johnson, I think, is that right, his last name? He says this week that any time God demonstrates his glory, it always comes with his goodness. Because any time God brings out glory, it's always his goodness. You see what Peter's saying here. He's saying, "It's good for us to be here." When the Lord comes in this morning, he said, "I want to demonstrate a portion of my goodness to you." I couldn't take it, man. The goodness of God's like this. romantic. Uh, the kid, the girls are always talking to me about romanticization of life and how people romanticize their own lives and stuff and think they're in somebody else's body. And I don't know what they're really talking about, but how, I guess like days of our lives and those kind of things were sort of like that. I I don't know, like that's why soap operas became popular, because people are romanticizing the way they could live, but they don't. (laughs) And, but when God comes in his goodness, his real goodness and demonstrates his glory, it seems like to me, and what in our experience this morning with him, that there has to be something more of your concern and our concern outside of our own personal redemption. It seems like to me that God, when he begins to come in his goodness, he comes because we are truly disconnected from our own need, our helplessness, our own wants, our own proclivity towards what could work out for me And we're really giving him the glory, not glory in light of what we're getting, but glory because he deserves it because he is. And God has to actually redeem us and fix us up and get us all straightened out just so we can give him glory because otherwise we're really immersed into our own needs. Have you ever noticed that you really can't worship God when you're thinking about your own circumstances or somebody else's? That it doesn't work? If you get your mind in a worship set on somebody else or yourself, you'll never worship the Lord. Have you noticed? You just can't enter in. It doesn't work. If you're sitting there paying attention to somebody else or your own felt need, you will not worship the Lord. If you're, It just doesn't work. And so the Lord, he works with us and brings this redemption into our life. Why? Eventually you're going to be so transformed and changed that Now you begin to give him glory. And in that way, his goodness passes before us, and so greater glory. So it's good for us to be here. If you want, (laughs) oh, man, this guy, he's just like the rest of us. I'll make you three shelters. (laughs) I'll construct something. When we were at Seven Day at Venice 11 years ago, I stood up 35 people to begin a leadership team to shake this city and to shake this nation. And uh, like Janie mentioned this morning, the Lord said, You lost your first love. I have a different idea. I think the Lord has a different idea than the one I had. I want to build something for you. I'll get on about it. We're going to make something with our own hands. We'll make something. The admonition to us going into where we're headed into the seventh day. (laughs) We won't be making anything. It won't be the work of our hands. That's what the Lord's been doing. He's been taking all of that and saying, Give it to me. Let me demonstrate my glory. I don't need you to do that. I never wanted you to build anything for me. Unless the Lord, what? They labor in vain that build it. If the Lord builds his house, the gates of the enemy will not prevail. So he says, he says while, he, while he was still speaking, Which is not necessarily a good feeling. A bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my dear son, in whom I have great delight. Listen to him. Uh, Colossians chapter 1, verse 18. to start at 15 he is the image of the invisible god he is the firstborn of all creation for all things in heaven and on earth were created by him all things whether visible or invisible whether thrones or dominions whether principalities or powers all things were created through him and for him he himself is before all things and all things are held together in him he he existed before all things and in him all things consist he's also the head of the body the church Seeing he is the beginning, he is also the firstborn among the dead. So that he alone in everything and in every respect might occupy the chief place. The translation in the Greek basically says in this chief place that he is the first, and and this is the word, he is the protuo. It's the only time it's used in the New Testament. He is preeminent. I I I said to the word this week, I was like, you're taking us into ProTuo. This is your final installation in the tenth aspect of your Christology. I was like, I need a little bit of help with this. I don't have language to describe your preeminence. Uh, I I'm not gonna do it justice, but I'll do my best. And he and he uh he he told me to go to this. And uh the term, and I know one of you in here knows this term very well, uh, Mr. Ames, eminent domain. You know this word, don't you? Because he was in the, the real estate, and you know this word really well. But the term eminent domain <coughs> was taken from a legal treatise on the law of war and peace. Um, it was written by Dutch jurist Hugo. Uh, Grotius in 1625, which used the term dominum eminus, which means supreme ownership, and is described as follows. The property of subjects is under the eminent domain of the state, so that the state or those who act for it may use and even alienate and destroy such property. Not only in the case of extreme necessity, in which even a private person who has a right over the property of others, but for the ends of public utility, to which ends those who founded civil society must be supposed to have intended that private ends should give way. But when this is done, the state is bound to make good the loss to those who lose their property. The exercise of eminent domain is not limited to real property. Condemners may also take personal property, even intangible property, such as contract rights, patents, trade secrets, and copyrights. Even the taking of professional sports teams' franchises has been held by the California Supreme Court to be within the purview of public use. Constitutional limitation, although eventually that the taking of the Oakland Raiders NFL franchise was not permitted because it was deemed to violate the Interstate Commerce Clause of the U.S. Constitution. A taking of property must be accompanied by payment of just compensation to the former owner. In theory, this is supposed to put the owner in the same position uh, peculiarly, that he would have been in had his property not been taken. That's eminent domain. That is a structure within the U.S. Constitution right now. Anybody ever had your property taken by eminent domain? You have? Laura Gross has had their property taken by eminent domain. And I, you know, I was... Thinking about that because I, you're, you said to go there, Lord, because when you under, you can't even understand preeminence if you don't understand eminence. Because presupposes something that is greater than eminent. And so I, I went to Miriam Webster's uh, defines eminence as a position of prominence or superiority. And it defines preeminent as having paramount rank, dignity, or importance. In other words, preeminence is a more air eminent eminence. It's traced back to 1225, and it says it was borrowed by the Latin and the French words meaning "privilege, superiority, in rank of birth and excellence. think what got me this week <clears throat> and I it's so hard to explain this but I'll do my best is Jesus didn't count it Robert to be equal with God but he made himself in no reputation he came in the form and the likeness of men <laughs> That Jesus comes out of divine glory as the king, the one who was before all things and everything consists in him. And he came into a little, this little baby. Uh, he's uh, The Christ, uh, the seed enters into the womb and, and then he's born and he's raised like us and he acts like us. And he, he doesn't take a divine one-upmanship and he doesn't act superior. He does none of that. And he does it because he wants to redeem us, because he loves us. And then he's transfigured in front of everybody, and that's amazing in and of itself. And what he's wanted to demonstrate is, this is your inheritance. Uh, Transfiguration, uh, glorification, is your inheritance. And yet, he still stands outside of all of it. He's outside of it in the sense that he's over it all. And he'll say, before Abraham was, I am. (laughs) And I said, I don't even know if I know you, Lord. Because even as great as what he's done to bring us into the status of sons and daughters, he's still greater yet than all of that. And I... You know, And I think we're going to be blown away for billions and trillions of years worshiping this man. And I can't give him the... I say, I don't want to talk about you anymore. I got so touched by him this morning, I don't want to do it anymore. I don't want to talk about you. I don't even know you, probably. I can't even give you credit for who you are. I can't even, like communicate effectively about you. I could drag every Merriam-Webster word I want in the Oxford English Dictionary up, and it still isn't going to be able to describe you. I could use every poetic device and prose I've got. I do. I try it every week. I do whatever I can to, to say who you are, unless the Lord, unless the Lord comes and demonstrates Himself to us, We wouldn't know him. we couldn't know him. He's preeminent above the imminent. And I you know and I tell you, it is it is in it's just like Peter said, it is Lord, it's good for us to be here. It is in the best interest of every single human being and us under the sound of this the voice of God. That we would surrender our complete domain to him. Like, I don't want to hold anything back from the Lord. And that we would hold nothing back from him. Listen, because I'll tell you this is the truth of the matter. It's already all his anyways. That we would be a people that would just be like, like, take me, Lord, and tabernacle yourself in me, Lord. Like, I can feel it this week, like, we've been playing games. And he told me that after he sent Apollyon to my house and almost jerked my life force out, scared the living daylights out of me. I said, if this thing is COVID, no wonder everybody's terrified. No, I sent Apollyon. The life force of my body's pulling out, and I fell down on the ground, and I knew in an instant that I had no control in my entire known being. I didn't even cause myself to breathe. It scared the living daylights out of me. That next Monday, the Lord tells me, you're playing games with me. Not me, Lord, like I'm your guy. I'm, I'm signed up all the way. I'm like a military, you know, yes, sir, to yes, sir, to yes, sir. yes, sir. No, you're playing games with me. He said, you know hey, I've got you, I want you to come spend time with me a lot more time than you're spending. You're doing all kinds of other things. I want you stop playing games. And I, it was kind of strict and it didn't necessarily make it wasn't there to make my feelings feel better. I was already like scared because Apollyon's no joke, man. That, that guy's no joke. Lucifer's brother or whatever, his uncle. I don't know who he is, but he's no joke. And that day, you know, that next day, I, I just step in, and I'm instantly in the spirit. It's Monday morning. And he said, good, I got your attention. And I, and I tell you, this is what he wants. He wants to one himself with man. And he said, I'm going to raise up. And he tells me, I'm going to raise up a uh, exit to millennium. I'm going to raise up a second exodus. I'm preparing a people, and they're going to go right into the millennial reign. And I'm going to transfigure them. I'm going to glorify them. And I've ordained this ministry for this. And I'm not saying I know what every other ministry is doing. But as he said, this is what this ministry is set for. Now, I'm going to come down, and I'm going to hang out with all of y'all. And he does this on the seventh day. I anticipate that the word is going to begin to, and will... You know I, I, we don't need smoke machines <laughs> we have the glory cloud you know you know technology is just a side thing and the lord may use it for his own glory that's his business but you know the lord is seeking eminent domain because he's preeminent and uh, maybe you just stand with me together. And we'll we'll prepare to close with. Uh. can play my favorite song like he knows what it is <laughs> How does how, how does this work I I I'm just going to say this, this is this the like how, how is this going to transpire in your life? You might be asking that because I'm making a very broad statement, gener- a general statement. Let me, let me tell you how this works. Is it, it's not hard. And the just shall live by faith. It's that easy. We don't have to overly complicate this. It's just, Lord, I put my full, complete trust, my utter trust in you today. And in that moment of the transfer of trust, light comes in. And what happens is in your spirit, where the light dwells, it comes through into your soul. And it begins to transfigure your soul. And you begin to look like him. This is what he convinced me of 18 years ago. He said, I'll keep running iterations of this in your life, of transfers of trust, of transfer of trust, that just shall live by faith. And every time I do your soul is going to transform or transfigure and it's going to begin to look just like me. Even so much so that your body may transform. It it did with Moses. And you've seen people sort of glow before. A lady who has a baby, she glows. (laughs) There's a glow, Right? Um so he's going what he'll do is if you'll let him because he says as many as they will receive me I will give them the right to be called the sons of God. So all you have to do is say I receive you Lord that you I say to you because you have to I mean you don't necessarily have to say it like with words maybe you do but you have to basically let him have you because he, w- he will never impose his will on you. That's why you can be in a meeting like this. Some people are, and they're not even connected to the Lord because the Lord won't, uh, he won't impose his will on you. So you'll be like, what's happening to them? That's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Uh, and the Lord will be touching someone and not touching another person. You'll be like, how is that possible? It's because it, it, what it is, is you're opening yourself up to him. You're opening to go to no mind, no emotion, no will of yourself but His. You're just saying, I've given you everything. And every time you do that, I, every time you do that, what He does is He makes a transfer in the eminent domain. What He does is He said, because you gave me your domain, I'm going to pay out better than what you gave me. And He always does. It's better. It won't be like the eminent domain here. The payout is the very Word of God. And he'll install that word in you. There'll be a place uh, that wasn't like him, and he'll put John 1.1 1, 1 in you. And then he'll put John 1.14 in you. Then it'll be 2 Peter 2 in you. Then he'll take a Psalms 18 verse 3 and throw into you. he'll take a Revelation chapter 2 verse 4 and put in you. This is the way he showed it to me. And I'm going to install this word in you, and I'll install that word, and then I'll put this word. And then what happens is the word begins to become flesh. And he dwells. Oh. So what you do is like, uh, I didn't want my property to be seized. Who does? But what you're saying to the Lord, seize my property. Seize me. Seize me, Lord. Seize me, just take me. Take me again and 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 again. And 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 he's a. Oh, oh! I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to take you again. And you say, oh, the just shall live by faith. Oh, if any soul draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But you're not drawing back. You're the one that wants to be seized. And that's why it says in Hebrews, they knew that when their property was seized, they rejoiced. <laughs> they were rejoicing because the seizure of their property. was well, so do yeah. Seize my property. Hey, take it, Lord. Take me. Take me for you. Again and again and again. You know what's going to happen? Eventually, you're going to look just like him. And eventually, and Paul was saying this I'll labor in him and travail until Christ be formed in you. Oh, he said, you're my joy and my crown. Why? Because Christ was being formed in the early church. Oh, and there were a bunch of crazy people, peculiar people. No one's going to ever change their mind. So the walls come down, Jericho in the soul, Ai in the soul, and all 31 kings in the soul, and all 31 aspects of the soul and now God has a promised land that he can lay his government into you see it foxes have had holes and birds had nests but the son of man had no place to lay his head but now he does because he's laying it in me and that's why he could say Colossians 1 Christ in me the hope of glory oh this is what he wants this is the tabernacles and i'll tell you what i'm praying for i'm praying that you'll get upgrades that are way faster than what it took the rest of us to pioneer into that you can have him all at one time because i'm like hey why shouldn't the guy at the beginning of the day get paid the same as the guy at the end of the day i'll be mean, like we care because jesus already paid the full price for it all Hey, so he's already put in earnest payment down. Why not let him have full occupancy? This is happening now. Yeah. All I got to do is lift up your head to the heavens from whence cometh your help. Where's your help come from? From the Lord. What does he make? Heaven and earth. And he made you. He made you for himself. All right. While Stephen, Austin, take us in. Come for be a kid and then we'll take it together the
1: Jericho in a war of grace. I won't back down, I won't be dismayed. This word is true, hiding in your hearts. Cities ours let's start to mind La da da la la da la di-da, la da di-da. is true hide it in your heart the city's ours let's start to march seven times ring and lift up a song of praise to the King seven times around sometimes we're lost and sometimes we're found
0: remembrance. And he took the cup and he said, This is the blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you. Do this in remembrance of me. gracious to you and may you have peace. Amen.
1: Dress And veil as snow And he said he'd come for me He'd know when I'm ready And my heart is aching for The coming of the Lord I must get ready now I must get ready now I must get ready now For behold, my bridegroom comes Oh, I must get ready now Oil to last the night in this passion, it is a fire, and it burns with pure desire. Oh, and he said he'd come.